Star Wars 7x7 episode 3046. It's a one to watch Saturday, and you know what? We never talked about the Disney Gallery episode that wasn't a Disney Gallery episode, aka the one hour documentary called Obi-Wan Kenobi, A Jedi's Return, and I finally got a chance to watch it, and I thought I would share five takeaways from it, including the fact that I didn't expect to get as emotional as I did over this. Punch it. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So it's been a couple of months since the Obi-Wan Kenobi series finished its run. And if you have been missing it, well of course you can go back <laughs> and watch the whole thing. But there's something newer that you can watch too, which is the Obi-Wan Kenobi A Jedi's Return documentary. Which is you know, not exactly new anymore, it came out a couple of months ago. Less new, but still maybe new to you perhaps. For me, with this Obi-Wan Kenobi documentary, there are actually a lot of surprises, and I'll say the first takeaway has to do with one of the surprises, that there was so much behind-the-scenes footage from the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy. I was not expecting that to be the case at all. This turns out to be a documentary not just about the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, but about the making of Star Wars and how Star Wars has been made as a you know, mythology that lives within all of us for the last 40 plus years. I mean, there's interview footage with Alec Guinness on the set of A New Hope. It's incredible. I don't think it's stuff that I've ever seen before. And there's all sorts of behind the scenes stuff from Star Wars, from Empire, from Jedi, from The Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and Revenge of the Sith. All of it. And the interviews, particularly with Deborah Chow and Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen, you know, they dig deeply into what Star Wars means to you know, all of us and what it means to them and the passion and the responsibility that they bring to the table for this. So yes, I was expecting the deep dive into the making of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, but I wasn't necessarily expecting the deep dive into the reflection on Star Wars and the behind the scenes stuff from the original prequel trilogy. So that was a treat. The other thing that was a particular surprise to me was how emotionally off guard I was caught by Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen being together again. There are scenes where Ewan McGregor is watching Star Wars on a giant screen. He's watching Alec Guinness perform on a giant screen and those moments are beautiful and intercut with him reflecting on his experience of Star Wars. Later on, about halfway through the documentary, Hayden arrives on set. So as they're telling the story of the documentary, they're also going through the shooting days and whatnot. And it isn't until about you know, midway through things that Hayden Christensen comes on to the set. And so they show Hayden arriving on the set and seeing Ewan McGregor again and they hug and Ewan says he's just been watching some old clips of theirs and then the two of them are standing in front of this giant movie screen watching the scene from Attack of the Clones where Obi-Wan is falling through the Coruscant, the Coruscant sky and... <laughs> Anakin manages to maneuver a speeder to catch him and they're having their banter back and forth and I just started weeping as I was watching this and they're cutting to the two of them laughing and watching this and like tears are coming down my face as I'm watching this. 
And listening to Hayden and Ewan talk about each other and how much they mean to each other is just so beautiful. And there's a scene in the documentary where they show Hayden's actual first day filming. It's the scene on Mapuzo where Obi-Wan's out there and he thinks he sees Anakin out in the distance in his Jedi robes and whatnot. And so, yes, that's Hayden in the Anakin robes at that point. And they show in the documentary that Ewan McGregor was supposed to be done with his day. He was supposed to be offset, but he refused to leave because it was going to be Hayden's first day filming and he wanted to be there for it. There's no mention of James Earl Jones in any of this, though, unfortunately. I was a little bummed about that. There is a funny thing, though, that Ewan McGregor relates about the scene where we're in flashback and Ewan and Hayden are fighting in the Jedi Temple on Coruscant. Ewan talks about how he's looking across at Hayden and it looks like it's just, you know, yesterday, basically, whereas Ewan has dots on his face because they're going to de-age him. It's fun stuff. It's very light and joyful. I'm telling you more than once I had tears in my eyes. For a third takeaway, I'll say that the framing of the series seems to have been placed very much from the beginning. The idea that we would see a broken Obi-Wan and we had to get him to the point where he has found his faith again. According to Ewan McGregor, this is something that he had been talking to Disney about for a long time. How long, he doesn't say, but you do get the idea that this was kind of the impetus of things based on the way he's telling it, that this is the kind of story he was interested in, talking about Obi-Wan broken in the desert and how he's brought back to faith. So that's a beautiful thing on the one hand. On the other hand, they do make it clear in the documentary series that it's basically Tala and Leia who are the people most responsible for bringing him back to that place where his faith is restored. And sometimes it just feels like from emotional character arc perspectives, women are doing a lot of work helping men through emotional character arcs. And it might be nice to see that kind of flipped around in some fashion in the future. I thought something similar to this, but not as coherently when the series was actually coming along, but I was revisiting it in light of the documentary. And I'm really bummed that Tala had to be sacrificed in the series in order to help Obi-Wan on his journey. I much would have rathered having Obi-Wan learn his lesson by lifting Tala up rather than having to sacrifice her along the way. For a fourth takeaway, I'll say that surprisingly, the journeys of Obi-Wan Kenobi and of Darth Vader slash Anakin are very much the same and for different reasons and for different endpoints, which is to let go of the past. Now, as we know, Obi-Wan has been carrying around this crushing guilt about what happened with Anakin and ultimately finds out that Anakin is still alive and so that raises up all these complicated feelings around that which he has to then resolve. Meanwhile Anakin slash Darth Vader has never let go of the idea of Obi-Wan Kenobi being out there even though he doesn't seem to be actively hunting for Obi-Wan but it's certainly a known thing that if Obi-Wan shows up, that would really be something to crow about because you could turn him over to Vader and it'd be a real feather in your cap. 
And ultimately, Vader himself resolves both of their situations because he tells Obi-Wan at the end that you didn't make me like this, you know, this is me. So on the one hand, he's absolving Obi-Wan of any guilt. And on the other hand, he's taking agency for himself for the horrible thing that he's become. But it's hard to say for sure if Vader's really letting go of things by the end of this episode because yeah, Palpatine is needling him about it. So Vader is gonna say, no, there's no issue whatsoever but we know that Vader likes to do things behind the scenes so maybe he's gonna tell Palpatine that there's no issue and there's still really an issue it's kind of left unresolved that way but I like that the documentary drew the parallel with the two of them about letting go of the past and that's their journey throughout this series and the final takeaway I'll say is that if you do decide to check the series out and you haven't or this episode out I should say and you haven't watched it yet then stay for the credits. <laughs> it's not going to take long. So they will flash up a couple of end title cards and then really quickly they jump to Star Wars Celebration Anaheim and they have interviews from behind the scenes with Moses Ingram and Ewan McGregor and Deborah Chow and Hayden Christensen and they're showing scenes from Celebration and showing them getting ready to come out for the big Obi-Wan Kenobi panel that took place at Celebration. So yeah, stay for a couple of seconds after the credits begin and then you'll get to see that part of it too. So that's what I've got for you on this What to Watch Now Saturday. If you are like me and might be emotionally <laughs> moved by Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor reuniting in real life as well as on the screen then this is definitely something for you to check out and that's going to do it for this episode of the show it just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it as always and may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, other respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.